Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. I'm here today with Julie Metzger, who literally is like celebrity to me. I'm like, I'm like clutching my chest. I'm like patting on it on my sternum because I've been hearing about her for so long. And literally, this is the first time I'm meeting her. I heard about her first when I was a resident. Then I started to hear about her from my patients outside the Seattle area saying the best thing about Seattle Children's is this class called Fur Girls Only. Like it is hilarious. Julie Metzger is a nurse by training. She started at Children's in 1981, and she was caring for teens and their families in the hospital. And what she did was take that career and blend it with her own life experience raising three children. And she founded something called Great Conversations with Dr. Rob Lehman. And what she does now is she delivers confidence and clarity and education in these classes on puberty and sex education for girls and their moms, typically. And when I asked her about her longstanding kind of award-winning career, she's written a book, she teaches here, she teaches down at Stanford Children's, she's been um, all over the region helping educate those of us who talk to families about sex ed and inspiring confidence in sexuality and development. What she was most proud of is that she's created the Great Conversations classes and that they're transformative. And what she pointed out is that they're fun and these girls understand their bodies and maybe their sexuality and their changes more, but that they're transformative and confidence building for parents too. Julie, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I'm honored. Okay, this is going to be great. So we're here to talk about what in the heck we're supposed to talk about girls with when we want to talk about sex. <laughs> so, and we're going to break it up by age. So I don't know, Julie can talk as much as I can, so I'm going to do my best to like <laughs> sit on my hands and like put my mouth over my or put my hands over my mouth. But what's the big headliner take home? Like, if what what can we do really well when we're talking to girls about sex? I think first and foremost, be authentic, honest, straightforward, not overspeak. That a lot of times parents are thinking um, they're looking for a 45 minute conversation, and I think we only have courage most of the time for about a minute. Of kind of conversation. So I think that whether you're four years old or 10 years old or 17 years old, to be as much of a listener um, to really what's behind the question. I had a friend who told me that, you know, her son in elementary school was like, you know, what is sex? And she just panicked. She goes, I'm not prepared. It's breakfast. You know, where's my husband? You know, what? Yeah, 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 and she goes, it's a breakfast cereal. Yeah. Because she wanted to be able to say later, I thought you said checks. Because she just, like, panicked. <laughs> she lied. Yeah. She just oh, really just wasn't ready oh, in the is, moment. And I think checks? that idea of it doesn't have to be over-answered. It's not yeah. a 45-minute thing that you take care of in any one single second or uh. conversation. And that it's an evolving thing, almost like building a house. Like, each conversation is like a brick. And you're just building this, you're building this structure together with your child and your teen that that over time you have a foundation and then this first floor and then you're kind of working together. Um, and part of it, that is initiated by you, the parent, and part of it can be initiated by the child or part of it can be initiated by the world. <laughs> right? Some of the best conversations mm-hmm. come because something's happened in the world. Your yeah. neighbor, your dog is being Janet Jackson neutered. loses her top. I mean, Janet, like, right? Like, but, stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> Our dog is in heat. Yeah. What does that yeah. mean? Bleeding. Right? Right, yeah. right, right. And so I think 
Any well, I have a hard place. time talking about like tamp with my boys at first. Like mm. I was buying tampons. They're like, "What are those?" I was like, "Oh, good grief! Like where to begin?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, so I can. Yeah, it's hard, it right? Is. And they. I love Julie was like taking her hands and like showing how you build construction, and she was kind of plopping things in and then moving her hands in circles of like kind of spiraling up, right? So that. So this is. I liked also too this point. We maybe you have like a minute of courage, like, yeah. and maybe when you get asked the question of like, "What is sex?" and you want to say it's a breakfast cereal, you're thinking, "I just have to get through a minute." Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just a minute. And so that, I tell girls all the time, are you looking for, what if you have something that you really want to ask, but you feel embarrassed? Yeah. Um, so first, I like to say and affirm to these girls, the reason, or, you know, I, there's one thing I can guarantee, absolutely without any question in my mind, is that the person who brought you here tonight wants more than anything mm. for this to go well for you. Oh. And then I tell a story about how, how I give a story of myself and then how my dad helped me out. And then I said, you know, there's other people. There's camp counselors. There's dads. There's grandparents. There's cousins. There's teachers. There's camp counselors. There's soccer coaches that are surrounding you that you don't even realize want this to go well for you. <laughs> so if you can... And you mean... Puberty, puberty, yeah. the whole thing, the growing up into an adult the person, growing up mm-hmm. thing is there's all sorts of people in your life mm-hmm. that you can, you can count on that. So in this moment that will take a one minute of courage, I tell the girl. So, the person that brought you here tonight, given that information, now wait until you're late driving somewhere, and then that she skids into the, you know. <laughs> parking lot you turn to her and go have thinking about the whole bra thing and then you just jump out of the car and then that allows the driver of the car your resource to like has 45 minutes now you know for piano lesson to finish to come back and, and then mom yeah, can and say then like kind of okay go, about the bra I got, you know because yeah. the, the person who's driving is thinking about 10,000 things like yeah. what are we having for dinner and I gotta do this and that I gotta yeah. send off that email and blah 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 so now you're like tuned in you have 45 minutes to call your friends look at a like book like you basically are telling girls plant the question really plant quickly question. give them some time to recover yeah. and they'll come back with their essay exactly then I love it then as the parent pulls into the driveway, or the adult, whoever you're talking to, your big sister, pulls into the driveway, they can turn to you and go, hey, that, that was a really interesting question. Would you want to get together after dinner? Or we could talk about that as we walk in. Or I was thinking, I might need some more information about that. Do you mind if we wait till tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Or there's just this opportunity to recircle back, reconnect, mm-hmm. and then show your interest and validation of the their curiosity or their question in a calm kind of like I think I'm always saying to parents I picture from your heart from your chest you whether you say these words out loud this is what you're thinking when you're talking to your kids in their teenage lives and their preteen lives you're an amazing capable extraordinary resilient person I'm so curious what's on your mind and in your life. And when you come from that place, you know, it, it feels so honoring and valuable because you've connected to their true heart self. Instead of thinking, who is this strange, bizarre, teenage, preteen person sitting next to me that I cannot relate to, come from this place of saying, huh, you know, mm-hmm. what an interesting person you are. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to talking more about that. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. 
I mean, so that and that is just built on true like soul to soul authenticity. Soul. Yeah. yeah, right. Like right. that's soul. Yeah. That's not what they say and who they are and what they look like and what their genes are. It's really like that spiritual part of a human being that's like changing and growing and reacting and scared. And when you come from that place, soul to soul like that, instead of somebody coming to you and saying, what's an STD? And you're like, all you can see are the headlines. Well, you see like condoms and Planned Parenthood. You're, you're and, right, right. You've got like billboards. Headlines, yeah. headlines billboards, yeah. and yep. fear gets yep. into your voice heart. And you're thinking, yeah. I need to speak from a fear place, say a... Uh, that changes everything about the way that conversation goes. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things to say back when your 14-year-old says, I, I'm not sure I get this, or maybe not, maybe a 10-year-old, you know, what is an STD? What does that mean? And, you know, it's first, what What do you think? You know, what, mm-hmm. what sort where are you of, where, starting where from? Where is that coming from, yeah. right? And then and then just not panicking, yeah. just just letting yourself sort of cycle down to this place of what an interesting, curious, authentic person I am now speaking to. And where can I come straight at them with that? Yeah. Yeah. So under 10, let's talk about that just specifically. So let's say our kids aren't asking us any questions, Julie, because that happens, I think. And I, since I have two under 10 and they're not asking a lot of questions about sex, um, and, you know, I could just direct them to Amazon Echo, my little AI thing in the kitchen, be like, best of luck. No, um, what uh, <laughs> that would be dodgy. I will practice. I'll get back to you <laughs> when I ask these things to, to Amazon. Um, no, under 10, like, what could we prompt yeah. that would be really great for girls um, to hear from a parent? Yeah. So many things. One, first and foremost, when you think of your young children, it's the caring of your own body, your, Mm. your, you know, the acknowledgement of the body parts and what they are and an honoring of those body parts. Mm -hmm. And people will say all the time, use the real words. And yet (laughs) I can't think of anything more valuable than using the real words because Mm. I get asked all the time. So role play with me. Say what you'd say to a nine-year-old girl. You're driving down in the car or or you're sitting on a park bench. I think let's say my five-year-old and I say you know this is your vagina or you have a vagina or Mm -hmm. your five-year-old might say why don't I have a penis or what is that right he said he has a penis and you have a vagina a vagina is an opening between your legs that comes up inside of you hooks up to where a baby is born it could be so basic so basic and Uh I think learning how to take care of your body honoring it with real words I get asked all the time why are there so many bad words about girls body parts (sighs) and I always say you know it's funny we whenever we're afraid of something or something is kind of sacred and unsure we create wild words so there's a lot of words in faith that have a swear word there's a lot of words around body parts Uh that do the same thing and we don't we never make a bad word for elbow or chair because those aren't mysterious to us, and they, right. don't, they don't feel There's sacred. There's not quote-unquote taboo, even, right. too. People have that taboo. taboo. So mm-hmm. making sure that we just start with the most basic thing with our under 10-year-old about honoring who they are, respecting their body space and their care of themselves. And then even, I think all kids under 10 love animals 
I mean, there's yeah. so much sex I, at the zoo. I've yes, seen I'm giraffes out. have <laughs> sex and sun bears have yeah, sex. totally. And, you know, there's just so much. Our dog is in heat. We're going to breed our cat. Uh, mm. You know, whatever. Our turtles, you know, our rabbits. But role play that. So, what, so the dog's in heat, and then what do we say to our girls? What that about, means is this this dog that a, when our dog that is a female goes out into the neighborhood and there's a boy dog there those yeah. two dogs coming together could make puppies for us and we're not interested in a litter of puppies yeah. so we're going to keep our dog inside you could start so basic then yep. they go well, what what is how would that work then you could say mm. each of us as mammals or whatever words you're kind of use however old your child is mammals all those female mammal animals have eggs and those eggs can be fertilized and when that happens it requires a boy dog or a boy elephant yeah yeah, yeah. you can take the organs out of it actually you in some say ways penis or... i mean yeah. again these are yeah, yeah. all just depending on i'm only going to have one minute you, so, I know this one. It's so nice and relieving. It's like yeah. we just need a minute of courage every once in a while. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. so doable in yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are so we can use kind of real life examples of animals because young kids love animals, and love. we use and the most powerful thing I you say so clearly is it's just using anatomic names. So breast, yes. vagina. Yes. What other words? What other good words for girls? Do I, are pubic, there any more? Pubic bone, pubic hair. Pubic hair. Uh huh. Um, you know, those are really that's clitoris it, right? yeah. doesn't really come up under Too that. Early. It's, yeah. it's just it's fine, but it doesn't necessarily it's not in I don't think under ten are really thinking about that. Or yeah. you could say somebody says, Why don't I have a penis? You could say, You do have a really sensitive part that will come up called a clitoris. You might feel sensitivity right there. But again, that 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 would be a pre- I always think there's yeah. a continuum here. If somebody, one of your children is thinking, this is the worst moment of my entire life. And somebody <laughs> is thinking, I've been waiting for this moment my, my whole, whole life. life. And for the really yeah. precocious, provocative, curious person who is reading National Geographic and watching the Discovery Channel and wants uh-huh. to understand about their dog and heat and is really precocious, there's two things to remember. One is don't overspeak and don't overspeak the developmental space of that child, but you can speak more words. Right, because they're precocious, curious, interesting. Yes, yes, yes. But just don't uh-huh. speak at the fifteen-year-old yep. level, just because they're precocious. Right, let them be their age; they still are. This is this is the my worst nightmare, child. You have to come in a little bit more sideways, uh-huh. like saying, you know, that's so interesting. Can you that elephant penis is huge? Oh my gosh, because <laughs> you know an elephant penis weighs like fifty pounds. <laughs> no, I didn't know that until now. And, this is the first time yeah, I've heard so that an elephant's you penis can't weighs fifty pounds. Say crazy things like that. And and then yeah. your, you know, kind of, your 10-year-old goes, oh, my gosh, I, my mother is a nut. But Yeah. But you're kind of breaking the glass on it a right. little bit, right, and kind of getting that started. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to those kind of tween, preteen, 10 to 12-year-olds at middle school-y time. Is there, or just before middible school, yeah, actually, before, yeah. um, you know, are, are there, so once they're over 10 and maybe a bit older and maybe some of their bodies are really starting to yes. change, right? So, you know, if we think average age for periods is about 12, just over yeah. 12 in this country, breast yeah. development usually at that timing starts around 10 or before. Or before. Right, over before. So in our classes, we have 10 to 12-year-olds, but there are fourth graders, there are sixth graders, right? And so in any room like that, I say, uh, we're, there are things that are different and the same for all of us in puberty. When I look out over this room, I already see a lot of difference. In fact, I'm not even going to point these people out, but there's a whole lot of people in here finished with puberty because there's 50% of the room is adults. And I go, and then I also know this, 
that when I look across this room, I see some people who haven't even started, some people right in the middle, and that there's a whole range here. There are two truths I know. One is we'll share much of what happens to our bodies in puberty that will be the same for all the people in this room, all girls across the planet, and all girls across time, both in the past and in the future, will be sameness. And at the exact same time, every single person in this room will have their own unique experience of puberty. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right? And, and, and there are unique challenges, right? People find that comforting right? because yeah. it's both shared, yet I realize, well, what about me? I take a certain medicine. I take, you know, yep. my parents. Are... Like all, so some of the things that are universal to mm -hmm. all girls mm -hmm. are what? Mm -hmm. Well, height and weight. Will change. Will change. And, You'll and grow? Dramatically. We say... <laughs> yeah. Uh, four to ten inches between the ages of 10 and 16, 15, yep. uh, 15 to 55 pounds. And I, I really yep. shape that idea because in the girl world, gaining weight is considered negative, real negative. And it's really positive because it's part of I puberty that and is thickening. that is an essential yeah. part of, yeah. of becoming an adult woman. And that they'll have twice the amount of fat on their body when they finish puberty than when they started. Just to get them oriented to the idea that their body yep. needs that. So then breast development is the first brand new thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where some people notice that they have puberty, especially if your growth spurt isn't necessarily significant. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not five foot eight. So breast development becomes sort of the first brand new thing, not only for girls, but for the entire class. Mm -hmm. Because girls are up to two years before boys. That means when they that start puberty, breast development becomes the single pivotal, yeah. noticeable thing, thing in the class. Yeah. And so, but we're talking about third, fourth, fifth grade, right? Right. I mean, this is not old kids. No. Right. And super, super self-conscious time. Yeah. So self-conscious time where breast development. So that's why when you bring up breasts, people will titter and laugh and feel embarrassed and use nicknames. That's the first perfect mm -hmm. nickname, right? Yeah. Boobs and tits and all sorts of yeah. stuff gets said because it's the first sacred thing uh-huh that really the world can see you can't everybody feel can it see. In, entirely right people yeah. don't see the first boy thing which is testicle development Jamal, yeah. right? it's all hidden but yep. for girls it's visual and of course it's sexual yep in our culture so breasts then bo and pimples and um pubic hair underarm hair periods and the and and the last new thing is really a period because yep. the end of puberty it's just the thickening and rounding and, and the, fuller. And the end of puberty, yeah. though, is when you stop growing. So lots of people have hold on to that myth of um, that you stop puberty when you have your period. Yeah. Well, and I like to say, I mean, and, and t tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but I'll often talk with with girls saying, you know, in general, there are these five stages. So I talk about Tanner stages, right? This little girl body to adult woman body. And that, you know, the first sign that you'll probably see is breast development mm -hmm. where it'll feel like that glandular ball in your mm -hmm. chest and people worry and girls come in thinking they have cancer or something, mm -hmm. right? At mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. um, and then about two years into development, you get your menstrual cycle on average and yet your mom's date and timing of her period is the most predictive of your timing. But I also say you have two birth parents, so they contribute. We, we get messages about puberty, both the, both the how fast we're going to go through puberty, how slow, and the size and shape we will become will resemble from both birth families. So, yeah. for instance, I'm five foot eight. My mother's five foot three. She yeah. was 105 pounds and never has weighed much more than that. Yeah. Her puberty experience and mine couldn't have been more different. Uh -huh. So my period starting at 11, she was like, what? Uh -huh. 
So I think I have to be careful to sure. say it's going to, to resemble your mom. It. Yeah. And I think you're, 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 it's dependent upon birth parents. Yeah. Um, so much so that even if you've never met your birth parents, you can get an idea of the size and shape of your birth parents generally from just looking, looking at, at yourself. yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then so and then just as a reminder, and you mentioned this about growth, puberty, you know, most as you get those circulating hormones around the time of menarche or the first period, they really do start to close your growth plates in your long yeah. bones. And right. so about, you know, girls only grow a few inches right. after their menstrual cycle starts. And usually two years after period starts, it's over. Right. And that's really easy to show with. So if you're ever in with the pediatrician and you're looking at the growth grid with your daughter, have them show you the curve because it goes up, 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 up to about 12. And then two years later, it's like flat line. So, you know, girls want to keep getting taller or girls who are late bloomers, I always say, you're going to keep getting taller longer because Mm -hmm. if you haven't gotten Mm -hmm. your period yet, Mm -hmm. those hormones Mm -hmm. aren't at high enough levels to Mm -hmm. close those Mm -hmm. bones, right? It's also a time to invest in your bones. So we talk about calcium and, and making sure that you're fueling your body well because the petrified adult bones that are driving them around in the car have a less ability to invest in their adult <laughs> bones than the girls themselves. And yeah. so it's an opportunity to advocate for the girls to take care of themselves through yep. fueling their body well. Uh, with food, food, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah and calcium food. sources yeah. and different places. Yeah. Like so, um, you know, as, as girls get into middle school and high school, as we end up this podcast, what are some kind of high level or specific examples of how we talk to them about sex in addition to what we've just talked about? Because we've talked a lot about puberty and how um, how we shape kind of respect and understanding for mm. the variability of change, the respect for our body parts and the respect for the sexual parts of our body, that mm-hmm. they're not taboo, that mm-hmm. they're um, and that and that we get only, we only have to have one minute of courage at a time. Mm-hmm. But it, when you think about really great examples of what to do during middle and high school, give us a couple examples to close out. I think the number one sentence there for me is to respect your middle school, high school person as a sexual person, mm-hmm. that they have sexual feelings, that they have sexual desire, that they have sexual curiosity, that they have sexual experiences, that whether they act on their ideas or not at any age is up to that child and you know whatever their life is like, but even seeing them as a sexual person is for some families a real leap. Like, mm-hmm. my girl just isn't going to do that. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to allow that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the authentic, interesting thing is to talk about the positive parts of being a sexual person and a sexual selves as a whole part of who we are, not just to embrace our cognitive part or our social part, but our sexual part of who we are. And I think acknowledging an, that sex an, is yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah right. And, and that was, we were talking about the Academy of uh, Pediatrics mm. statement on sex education that was mm. saying, like, validating that sexual activity is is often for the pursuit of pleasure, right. but it can be risky because you can expose yourself to harm or Perfect. pregnancy when you don't exactly. want it. So when you think about thinking about a middle schooler or a 12-year-old as a sexual person, Give us an example of that, like in, well, a, po- in a positive a, way that a mom or a dad could bring that up. There isn't a 12-year-old really that I can think of that isn't aware of the word crush or attraction sure. Sure. or being drawn towards someone. So even just explaining what that's about, starting with the most idea of what is a crush. And um, I say to the girls, um, 
some of us be having a crush is like wanting to be closer to the person, spend more time with the person. You're really interested in the person, and you find yourself drawn towards that person. Sometimes we act on crushes, and sometimes we don't. Uh-huh. That part, if you have a crush on Taylor Swift, or you have a crush on Beyonce, or you have a crush on a star, you don't necessarily act on that. Yeah. And you, you, don't get the, you don't get the opportunity. Yeah, to, you yeah. don't get the opportunity, but, but you, you, you think you about find it. yourself thinking and, and yeah. imagining yourself in a romantic way yeah. or in a sexual way or even just yeah. in a time way, yeah. getting closer, being together. That's a really wonderful thing to say. That's a natural part of us wanting to connect as human beings. That's a that's a normal part of a growing up person is to find and see and imagine yourself with others close. Yeah, I like that Just intimacy. Starting. Not not necessarily sex, but that you're talking about sex because sex is a part of intimacy. Well, and in fact, haven't we done such a fabulous job in our culture of separating those two <laughs> ideas so much that yeah, we. Can't we have to work hard to bring them together. Mm-hmm. So what an interesting idea then to start with that. Yeah, I like that. That, you're, that if, we value, if what we value as a parent is hoping that our girl would have sexual intimacy that is important and valuable and safe and all of that, why wouldn't we start with what we can see sex to be instead of unlearning everything about what is bad about sex is just always yeah, if it's all no 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 wait 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 right. don't 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 then there's no ability to say those feelings you have are real and beautiful yeah in right? fact you had so much undoing yeah yeah so i to me they're always connected so i say when there are two people decide to have sexual experiences together they are choosing that closeness, yes, but then there's other conversations, not just the conversation of whether to be sexual together. You are going to add conversations around sexually transmitted diseases. You're going to add conversations around contraception. You're going to add contraception or conversations about sexual pleasure, that it's more conversations. So I'm inviting everybody to think of it not as a yes-no thing. Mm-hmm but as a continuous dialogue between two people around the whole idea around sex. It isn't just a yes, no, let's do this act. Yeah. And, and if we could share with girls that they deserve and, and that we would value their sexual expression when it is right for them, when they feel mature enough and that they are ready for that, then if to we be strong to protect that, that yes, base, yes, if that yes. was our foundation, yeah. instead of building a foundation around shame and embarrassment and, and holding tat, back and tat, waiting, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. the purity message is yeah. so yeah. negative. Yeah. That, that's not the foundation that builds a strong house. Yeah. Sorry, just to clarify that, the, the kind of purity, abstinence-only protection right. um, is in a place that allows kind of a natural love, self-respect, uh, and personal-timed kind it's of a, it's development a and sexuality. It's a narrow message about a much bigger idea, and it to me, it gives girls a whole bunch of taboo and shame around their sexual feelings, et cetera. So when we only when we only talk about purity, abstinence, et cetera, it's not that I'm not valuing the idea of somebody holding back at all. What yeah. I'm saying is it can't be my only 
my only brick I'm building the house on. So, yeah, and a, a clarifying point is, as we end, I think, if a family, if a mom or a dad devoutly believes, because of religion or of any course. other philosophy about teaching their daughter um, about sex, but also that they recommend and want her to wait to have sexual intercourse, let's say, until she's married, give us an example okay. of how they can do both of those at once. Okay. The mantra for life for me is what I hope for you is, right? In yeah, our family, we that. believe. Uh-huh. That's one opening. In our family, In our we, family believe. we believe. Yep. And then the next opening line is what, I, what we what hope for you, you is. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be in the back of the Impala. <laughs> right? The, so when you create a only response to sex, so here's how I see it. Preteens are thinking to themselves in elementary school and early preteens are always thinking to themselves, it's true what they've told me at my dining room table. Mm-hmm. Every adolescent in the world is saying to themselves and asking this question, is it true what they told, told me, me at, the at table. my dining room Because that's, that's the task of adolescents, right? right? So to, to question me, and define your own independence. If you've only created one single response to anything, do not have sex because you get pregnant. When you're standing there as a junior in high school and you go, I know a lot of people having sex and they're not, not pregnant. pregnant. Mm-hmm. It somehow then discounts the, that brick because if that's your only brick you've built this house on, yeah. if it's the only idea, it can st- you can still say to your son or daughter, what I hope for you is you'll wait for a uh, relationship that is adult in marriage that is that respects and values you and holds you to be your true and best self. Great. And how honoring of, of your value that you're creating. And I think your daughter and son will hear that, right? Because you've, if you also have to live that, because the authentic parent is also showing and caring for the people in their lives. They're healing it with their brother. They're, uh, they're establishing relationship, reestablishing relationships with their mom. They're reaching out to their neighbor. They're caring for their spouse. They're showing and sharing their love with others. That parent has so much solid ground to stand on when they say to their daughters and sons, what I hope for you is that you will be valued, loved, and cared as you see in our house. Yeah, that's great. Julie, um, thank you for these amazing messages about talking to girls about sex. As reminders, I think we talked about being really clear about talking about anatomic body terms, not just because it's the only thing to do, but because it's a way to build trust and beauty in a child's developing sexuality as they get older. To remember, these are kind of soul-to-soul conversations, that this is a child wondering. And to remind them, Julie, I loved what you said, that they are surrounded by all these people who want this to go really, really well, and that this is a beautiful, curious, scary time that we want to go really, really well. And then as your children get older, continue to let them know that there are beautiful parts to their sexuality that they can have control of and decide how and when they use their body and their mind to connect to other people, that intimacy and sex are linked, um, and we can make different decisions of how we connect with those around us. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, The reality is parenting is a high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. 
reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 